readings and salutations, all you lovely listeners. If you can guess where that reference was from, I will, I don't know, give you a high five. Welcome, my name is Anita the Rock Samoilovich, and I just wanted to give a brief introduction before we get into the meat of our first Feature Femmes podcast episode. Now, the first thing I want to say is apologies for the sound quality. At the time of recording, we only had one microphone. We were doing our best with what we had, but now we have two, so the subsequent episodes should have better sound quality. Also, so at the end of the episode, we gave a rating of the movie we watched, and I didn't tell you where you can find the spreadsheet where all the movies we watch will be. So in the show notes and on the bios of the show's Instagram and Twitter at Feature Femmes, you can find the spreadsheet. So the idea is that for every movie we watch, we give it a genre and then we give it a ranking. And for each genre of movies, we see which is the best female-led movie. I hope that clears things up, and I hope you enjoy our very first episode. Thank you for watching, or listening. Good God. Feature Femmes podcast, where we look at women directed or top build actored movies, and then we put them into categories, and then we rank them so we can find out which is the best female-led movie. With me today for our inaugural episode is my very good friend, Adra Bayer. She is a singer, dancer, and most importantly, actor in New York City. Adra, how are you doing? Hi, Anita. I'm happy to be here with you today talking about Wonder Woman. Yeah, you gave it away. No, oh, no, no. I mean, I didn't I'm ha- sorry. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't have a reveal planned. However, I wanted to commend you because not only was this a female either directed or acted, it was both. So just some background of the film. Uh, so this is Wonder Woman 2017, directed by Patty Jenkins, starring Gal Gadot. To like just give a scope of the box office, so it had a budget of estimated 149 million dollars. It opened to roughly 100 million dollars, and the total gross was about 822 million dollars. That's a hit in my book. That's a lot of millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't even have 822 million, nine million, oh, just man. 822 dollars. dollars. <laughs> because um. I just paid rent. So we're just going to, I guess, like talk about the movie and review it, not necessarily all in terms of like how it represented women, that'll be a part of it, but also just as a movie overall. So when was the first time you saw this movie? I first saw this movie in the theaters with my family, just because I love superhero movies. So watching a, because we've. I feel like the superhero movie franchise, like everything, Marvel, DC, any kind of movie, is just a lot of men. Oh, yeah. And then, like, the only lead woman, really, is his love interest. Mm -hmm. Like, very few times do we have, like, another woman other than the love interest. Mm -hmm. So I think having the lead in this movie be a female... And having the male love interest, there was just many different females in this movie who had a part. Yeah, and they like, didn't all look the same. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> they didn't all look the oh my same. Gosh. I love Etta Candy. She was she was so fun. Uh, and I was actually also gonna ask you that. So, um, so you're a fan of superhero movies. What's your favorite superhero? Uh, my favorite superhero character has to be Storm. Yes. Okay. Oh, we need just a Storm I, movie. Ooh. Ah, oh, you just caught me. Oh my God. What? It'd either be Storm or it'd be, I don't know if you know, but um, the Marvel MCU, the new MCU has a character who takes over for Iron Man. Oh, Her name yeah, is yeah. Riri Williams. Yeah, I saw like the like comics when they like first debuted that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. Um, just a little, just a little post-it note add in there, you know, Adramir for Riri Williams. Ah! You know, make that a hashtag. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yes. Oh my gosh. Because 
yeah, this movie, very European. Like, it was no very European. No tea, no shade, but I could not tell the difference most of the time between the mom and Antiope. I kept thinking they were calling her, like, her aunt. And, like, aren't they yeah. all her aunts? Since yeah. no one's, like, born. No one really has, like, sisters. Yeah, I personally don't follow superheroes that closely. So I'm glad to have you, though, because you know all the, I guess, like, tropes and I do. Secrecies. I do love it because so I I think I saw this in theaters I think for free with my friend maybe I paid but I went with my friend because she was really also into superheroes and I haven't seen it since mm-hmm. <laughs> until like watching it for this I think my feelings are generally the same I don't know I think my biggest issue has to be the score of the movie like the the theme song the yeah that's that's badass and it's cool and they don't use it enough. I feel mm. like maybe people will be like, oh, they use it too much. It's getting boring. It's getting a little bit like, okay, but like the rest of the time, the music in the movie felt so uninspired. For instance, one of the biggest like moments that I noticed it was just after Diana does her little cross wrist thing. Yeah. And does the big like whoosh. While she was with the Amazons. Yeah. And then she goes onto like the cliff and she's like, and I was just like, what the heck happened? And then you see Steve's plane. The music does not change thematically, instrumentally. I feel like if this had been like a Pixar movie, you would like get a clear like, da 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 da, like mm-hmm. something like different to signal like this is a different person. We're entering now a different like whole different like direction beat of the story. I think you're right on that. But what they could have done was have Wonder Woman's theme Mm -hmm. and then take from female artists who are looking for exposure and willing to compose and score this movie. Oh my gosh. And they would have made Steve's own theme. Newer people in the industry will work on these big projects for cheap. Yeah. Because we just want exposure at this point. Or even, like, not even an exposure, just a chance to, like, be a part of it. Exactly. Yeah. So I felt they kind of went stock with the music. Mm -hmm. Like, they just were like, we need something intense. And it was like, like, they had, like, they clicked the button. Like, (laughs) intense music plays, you know? Whereas they could have used newer artists. Because, I don't know if you've seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh my god, yeah. That was a, Ugh. that soundtrack was all made for that movie. Oh, it's And so that's good. why it scored so perfectly because they used rap artists, which co- coincides with Miles growing up in the city. Mm-hmm. So that's how it ties into the movie. Right. If you had used female artists who maybe lived in Europe... <laughs> and like did it that way right. or even if they remade songs of the time because right, that was world was thinking, war one right? right yeah so i was that's what i was thinking especially uh steve mm-hmm. he didn't feel to me very he said neat one time and like ah dang i could use some more like uh 1914 slang like, yes because <laughs> he felt very modern oh chris pine i know chris pine those eyes darling i love you but those eyes. he was definitely there for some eye candy i must say yes, his please. acting is Phenomenal. We will get to more uh, eye candy talk as we go through the story. So let's just like start. So it starts in present day with Diana. She's at the Louvre. She's a museum curator. Look at her go. She's wearing a slick back ponytail. She's got nail polish. And she gets something from Wayne Enterprises. And it's a photograph from ye olden days. And then we're thrust into this Amazonian paradise. So I think what was great about the beginning of that was because when we watched Batman vs. Superman, oh, yeah, yeah. we had gotten that image previously. Oh, that's the same It was photo? teased in the end of Batman vs. Superman. Uh, did they do end credit scenes? I'm not sure if it was end credit or if it was just in the credits. Oh, okay. It was definitely something like an Easter egg right? to be that's found. Right, that's really cool. So when we got this coming in, that just tied the movies together, which for a movie buff like me, a superhero buff like me, I'm like, oh, look at that. That's so crazy, so crazy. Yeah. But um, not to mention, I was really excited to see how they would treat the Amazons because even though like they had the Wonder Woman TV show, 
they I think there's been previous movies before this I feel like we didn't actually get a good enough view or a good enough insight into their land yeah because I feel like everybody goes in deeper like we went in deeper with Atlantis we went in deeper with even Krypton uh-huh but we never really delved into the Amazons we just kind of knew they existed uh-huh but we didn't we were like all right that's nice on the island so, of the mascara <laughs> <laughs> oh but um let your clumps live no <laughs> so when we did get to see it and i just loved you know what i think i loved the relationship between it wasn't her aunt what was her aunt's name antiope i think it was antiope yeah antiope and diana just like that relationship I felt was even stronger than her and her mother. Yeah, yeah. Her mom her mom just shows up whenever like Diana's doing something wrong, but you don't know how she finds out about it. She's just like, Oh, here I come. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily writing <laughs> or if that's because I realize a lot of times when it comes to filming, just because I'm an actress and mm-hmm. I've worked on set, mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff gets covered. But then has to get it cut out in post. Oh, true, true, Because true. we don't have enough time, mm-hmm. budget restrictions, for whatever reason. Right. A lot of times we will film something and then you'll look in the after party and be like, well. I feel like that's going to be with this podcast because who knows how long this is going to go on. Ah! Oh, you're right. Ah! And this <laughs> is my podcast about balloons. Um, Me. So I love that. I love that in T.O.P. with the training. Mm -hmm. with the training Mm -hmm. i loved that she like we all knew diana was special we all knew that we had to push diana but like it felt less of a we need to push you because you're going to be our next savior and more of i know you're special like it felt more matronly i guess yeah i feel that yeah and also like for diana's own protection and because it's what she wants to do (gasps) exactly that was another thing i'm just so happy that no, this, she just lived out her warrior life. Like, yes. This young child had such bloodlust. Yes. She just really wanted, which is, now they think about, I'm like, man, she really wanted to fight. And then she grows up and then, spoiler alert, goes to the war. And she's like, why are they fighting? It's like, that's what you wanted to do your, your whole, whole life. life. <laughs> but I think the whole reason why she even got all confused and stuff was because even though everybody's like, the humans don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, if you've never seen one, if you've never really known, you make fantasies. So then when you go and it's World War One, yeah. which was pretty pretty gruesome. Right. You're definitely like, uh, okay. Yeah, your expectations are very... But I also, I just loved, I loved, loved, loved that whole, like even the dynamic of the Amazons. Yeah, they were, oh, I love seeing them all. Yes. Oh. Honestly, that's Paradise Island they were talking about. (laughs) No, and oh, I wish, I guess maybe, because Amazons are like, you know, meant to be like, what, 20 feet high? (laughs) Not 20 feet. I think they're like, yeah, they're like eight eight, feet high. They only have like one boob. Can, yeah, no, um, I actually like, like did like quote unquote research. Ooh, tell me about Um, the Amazons. Well, uh, very often they're depicted as having one titty just out in the open. But in this movie, because I guess, you know, they're female presenting nipples, <laughs> they had to uh, cover it. So No Adam like, Levine's in here. All right. So so one is like, I guess, covered in like the armor. And then other the other tit is covered with like a flesh colored cloth. Mm-hmm. But I would have loved to have Diana be eight feet tall. <laughs> this whole movie. That would mean great. Yes. So yes, on this island, there is the Amazon woman. They are warriors and they train. Diana wants to be one, but they say no. But then Antiope secretly trains her. And then Diana grows up to be this powerful badass. And then she does something. She crosses her wrists. And then this like boom, cosmic boom just blows everyone away. She's like, oh no. She runs to the cliff and then she sees... (gasps) Steve Trevor in a plane crash into the ocean. Bum, bum, bum. And that's where that whole score thing got me a little peeved. (laughs) One thing I have to say is right after the whole, like, shabang, the literal bang she makes, and she runs, and she's, like, kind of, like, looking at her hands like, what did I do? My first instinct would be to cross my wrists again and see what that does. Agree. (laughs) I feel like for the cinematic... You know, the suspense, the suspense, the 
just to follow the normal story chart. Yeah. Um, in which this movie does. Oh, like, yeah, to a T. Without <laughs> fail, this movie follows like the rules of normal plot. Yeah. And it follows the rules of a normal superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, origins. Let's story. not beat around the bush. They stayed pretty textbook. Yeah. <laughs> with the backbone of the film. Mm-hmm. But then what they built on was where they expanded and were like, yeah. all right, let's get different. Right. Yeah. But the backbone is very, very textbook. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah. So yeah, he crashes into the water. Diana, in a reversal of roles, goes out and saves him, but then he's led the Germans also to Themyscira, which means that now all the Amazons gotta, like, fight all the baddies, and then it ends up with M.T.O.P. dying, Mm -hmm. which was sad. And this is where we can talk about the fight, Corey. We could have talked about it earlier, but this one really, like... With the whole jumping on, like, the shield. Like, so many flips. So many flips. Ugh. All the superhero landings on the sand. <laughs> right? Oh, it's so good. I liked it. Because normally, I honestly zone out during action movies mm-hmm. a lot. So this one really was able to, like, keep my attention, which doesn't normally happen. <laughs> <laughs> what I love mm-hmm. about this movie was that when you look at it, I didn't feel like anyone was truly just dying. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially on this beach scene. The only reason I say that is because I've watched recently a very gory film. Sexy. That just recently came out. And I zoned out on the fight sequences because a lot of times, like, it was just like, this person died, this person died, this person died, that person died. I was just like... Wow, I I can't root for anyone else but the main character because they're not going to survive this fight past 15 seconds. Yeah. I felt a lot of people... It took a little bit for everyone to die. Yeah. I felt like nobody just like, like, bop, 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 dead, you know? Yeah. Compared to other superhero movies, what would, like, the body count be of this one? You know, what's different about this movie compared to a lot of other movies is that we see war. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and it's not any war. It's World War One. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of, ooh, dead bodies. Uh-huh. And a lot of those people that died weren't just henchmen. Yeah. They were just soldiers mm-hmm. <laughs> just trying to do their job and go home. <laughs> like, I think a lot of people forget when you watch a superhero movie and you see all the henchmen dying, you're like, well, they're evil. They're on the bad guy side. Uh-huh. But, like, when you watch this movie... I know. But Steve even says, like, those are the bad guys when they're, like, coming in. Mm-hmm. Which, like, okay. <laughs> right. But, um, so the body count on this film compared to other superhero films is actually higher. Oh, yeah. Because, because... it's war. Mm-hmm. Because most superhero films only use, like, henchmen. Yeah. And then occasionally when they're like, my army, which is the few... The few and in between, aka like Avengers, uh-huh. where it's like literally like they're doing a war. Yeah, that's I feel like one of the few films, and even then, it's not that gory because you're watching CGI monsters. Yeah, as opposed to right people. Yeah, and that's why I also liked about this fight choreography was that it was a really like tactile and because well, because it had to be. Sword fighting so much. Yeah, seeing her wield that sword. Yes. Love it. It's my favorite. So Diana sees that there's war and she wants to do something about it. Meanwhile, the reason that Steve had to like flee was because he stole these secret plans from Dr. Poison. In the movie, they say either Dr. Maru or Dr. Maru, like Mr. Magoo. I'm not sure (laughs) which it is. It's Isabel Maru, but they call her Dr. Poison and she's written all these like secret formulas for like poison and bombs and he stole it he needs to get it to england to have them figure out what the germans are going to do next and diana wants to go with him her mom says no and she ends up going anyway so in this uh little section of the movie before they're about to go diana has an encounter with him in the pools and that boy is naked like a baby like yep <laughs> <laughs> and he's just holding he's just, it's just a little hand 
skin. Meanwhile, the women can't like show their tits anyway. Whatever. But you know, it's a rule. It's a reversal. Uh, a reversal of roles of like the hypersexualized woman versus the guy. I don't. Know, I just wanted to bring up the fact that Chris Pine was like buck naked. <laughs> Chris Pine. Can we just can we just take a moment to appreciate Chris Pine? Like, <laughs> Oh, what a man. Anyway. <laughs> Moment <Exactly>. taken. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head with that scene. Because there are so many times you watch a movie, and not necessarily a superhero movie. Recently, they've gotten like away from that. Actually, just in general, they've actually moved farther away from the over-sexualized woman in certain superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Because we don't care. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> like, I don't know if you've kept track of the Thor series. Jane is out. Thor had no love interest in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, that's bad. And had no love interest in Infinity War or Endgame. Mm-hmm. And Pepper and Iron Man. Uh-huh. Granted, Pepper was never sexualized. She was just <laughs> a badass the whole time. Oh, I but, love like... That. She, like, in the end, she has, like, she has her own iron costume, and she's, like, kicking ass, taking names. Oh, I love that. Even in Black Panther, where they had, um, I forgot what her name was. Um, it's Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. But I didn't... It starts with an N, I think. Uh, is it Nakia? Yeah. Yeah. Like a Nokia. Nokia? Nokia? Like, no, like a Nokia. <laughs> Nokia! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, she's indestructible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I think it's Nakia. I think um, it's Nakia. But she is even Chadwick Boseman's love interest. Like she is supposed to fill that role, and even she is not oversexualized yeah, at all. Like at all. If anything, she's just kicking ass and taking names. I think the most sexualized would have to be Killmonger in that movie. <laughs> Although, like I don't know, like all the little bumps, like just made me like not cute, uh, yeah. but like. Michael B. Jordan. It's true. Is it, see, but um, <laughs> um, and like Okaye, Okie, Okaye, Okie. Who the other one? Um, the other one. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't. I know the actress's name is Denai, but she wasn't sexualized. No, even oh when she gosh. wore that like amazing red flowy dress. Yes, and oh, the wig. Snatched oh, it off. Snatched that wig, uh, honey. Like even that wasn't oversexualized, yeah. which is. It's following the trend, like, yes, we got a long way to go, (laughs) but at least we're making baby steps into understanding that the love interest doesn't need to be this random woman (laughs) who happens to look like a supermodel, but is also a scientist. (laughs) (laughs) She just happens to be a size four, walked on Victoria's Secret's Mm -hmm. runway, but like, molecular biostructure oh yeah no yeah totally oh my god so i think showing chris pine and naked in the pool is kind of if you look at it through like i guess this lens is like saying like hey yeah it's the other way around right we can do it and so then diana and pine I don't, I don't know. I Diana don't, and Pine. I don't like the name Steve. No, I'm I don't like, gonna, he's he's not a Steve. He doesn't he's look not like a Steve. Steve. And we already have Steve Rogers. Yeah. Like, so, but, so they get on a boat to England. You know, a lot happens on the boat, so I'm just going to leave it at the boat. So, uh, they have their little oh. sex talk. Yeah, in the boat. In the boat. Steve was making money moves, that's all I need to say. Okay. <laughs> He knew Diana was special from the get-go. And also the um the whole like men are necessary for reproduction, but when it comes to pleasure, they don't mm. need to be there. Definitely like got a hoot and a holler from the audience. There was it like did. Woo! Which I was one of them. <laughs> um oh also forgot to mention that so they're going over to the war and <laughs> Uh, Diana's like, take me to the war. It makes me think of this episode of Everybody Loves Raymond, where, uh, have you ever seen that? <gasps> oh, that show. I, I own many VHS tapes of it, uh, cause my family recorded it. It's this guy who lives in Long Island and his mom is this like old Italian. She'll like feed you till you die. Mm. She lives across the street from him. So she's very meddling and he's a sports writer. And I guess he like isn't able to get into the Super Bowl or something. And she's like, what's the number for the Super Bowl? (laughs) (laughs) 
And it makes me think like that, um, how Diana wants to go to the war and she thinks the war is solely caused by Ares, the god of war. What, what's your star sign, Adra? <laughs> I am a Scorpio. Scorpio. I, was a, I, I think I knew that. And um, Scorpio is always like, like everybody's like, oh, like you guys are always angry. You guys are yeah, evil. Oh that's my God. Aries. Girl, that's an Aries. I'm an Aries rising. My best friend is an Aries. She's amazing. Aww. Anyway, well, I'm an Aries <laughs> I digress. Rising. I'm, I'm a Taurus, like, and I will mention that any chance I get. So, yeah, and then they get to England. Oh, criminy. I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. I just know there's like I remember some... they get to England and um there's just some hubbub they where she need fish to out make... of water. Yeah. England is the one where she finds the child, right? The baby. Yes. The only reason this Wait. sticks out to me, I think it's England. The Wait. only reason it sticks out to me is because um Diana has this big sword attached to her. Yeah. The shield on the back. She has this lovely fur cloak thing uh, going on yeah and oh, she looks she's walking around like a badass everybody around her is shorter than her which <laughs> thank you right? but um, everyone was shorter than her <laughs> and she just came from fighting on the beaches in mascara and <laughs> mascara, mascara. Um, overall just being a badass on her homeland to seeing a baby of which they oh. have not seen oh i remember okay okay oh yeah also and she is like oh this is the first man so now i remember exactly which time i thought like she was like holding a child at some point no, no. she's like oh baby which is me at babies however how did she, she know, know what a baby was? sounded like exactly also in england we get to meet etta candy who queen oh my gosh wait i wrote down oh wait even before that i see on the top of my notes rewind when um they have the lasso of truth around Ooh, yes. uh uh chris and he's like, I'm a spy. <laughs> I like that part. And oh my gosh, I have like quotes written down. Like, um, be careful in the world of men. They don't deserve you. Preach. I, I haven't been looking at my notes this whole time. I have so much written down and then I'm not even caring. So yeah, preach. They don't deserve you. Also, Diana says, I'm the man who can. So with Diana's like optimism and her thinking that um, Aries is like the cause of all this and that men are good. It's kind of also a reversal of like the traditional like screwball comedy, which is also like the rom-com, where usually in those situations, the guy is the optimist and he's kind of like has all these flights of fancy. And then it's the woman who needs to be like, okay, you got to like look at the reality of the situation. She like kind of domesticates him. Mm -hmm. But in this, it's like the opposite because... Diana is like the dreamer, the optimist, like, oh, we, I can fix them all. And then Steve's like, Chris, he's like, no. But he doesn't tell her right away that Ares isn't behind the war, so he thinks. I don't know if I realized why he didn't. The way I saw it was that when someone starts talking crazy, sometimes it's best not to question them. <laughs> So that's how I saw it. I saw it that he was just like, uh huh. No, okay. It came me on the train every day. <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, I get that reasoning. I do. You brought it up, and I was like, oh shit, that makes sense. But no, I mean, well, I'm I'm afraid to tell anyone anything. I'm afraid to tell someone. I'd be like, oh, you overcharged me. I'd be like, I can't say that. Mm. I don't know. I'm scared. So Anita, stop with your song. One day, one day. So Etta, my one of my favorite parts about Etta is, so she is a curvier girl. Mm -hmm. Love that. She's funny. She doesn't give a heck about what she says, who she says to. And she sees Diana, who everyone's like catcalling, fawning over. And she's not jealous. She's not like, who's the new girl? Oh my goodness. I agree 1000%. And the only reason... I really understand that now is because, little little diversion, I watched Beyonce's homecoming Coachella <gasps> yeah. performance, and uh -huh. if you've seen Girls Who Run the World, after she sings that song, Maya Angelou is like reading a poem, and literally, part of she was like, no, no, girl, you, I need to see it all. She's lengthy. <laughs> <laughs> she's lengthy. I do not judge. If you have not seen all of it, it's long. <laughs> but... Maya Angelou is like, we teach our girls um, not to see each other as, like, competitors for, like, life and jobs, but as competitors 
for the attention of men. And like just having someone even realize like she it's clear that Diana and her are not the same size. Mm -hmm. Are like they don't even look the same. Mm -hmm. But the not have that jealousy over the fact that she's getting fawned over is what makes this film great. I know. I love it. And she even says she's like, I like her. I love that. And then also, so they try to disguise Diana to make her fit in. They put glasses on her and she's like, Edda's like, oh yeah, as if that's not going to stop her from being like totally gorgeous, which is also like kind of a little reference to Superman. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like Mm -hmm. (laughs) Clark puts on those glasses and everyone's like, who is he? Yeah. (laughs) So then we meet Professor Lupin because I don't know, they want, they're trying to write an armistice treaty and can we just skip to the trenches? Yes. Uh, I mean, okay, so we meet so we meet Lupin. He's a good guy. Spoiler, he's not a good guy. Um, they say, oh, Steve, you can't, like, make this team. He's like, watch me. And then he makes a team with a bunch of, like... So watch me. So he makes with uh, a drunk, Charlie. He has PTSD. This uh, chief, Diana's like, did people take... Or who took your land from you? And then he points at Steve, which, facts. Um, and then Sammy, who's doing a like Nigerian prince scheme yeah. <laughs> like yeah, in is. the bar he's like oh yes I have a rich uncle if you could just send me your social security now they're in Europe they don't have social <laughs> doing his Nigerian prince and then they're in the trenches and this is where shit gets like I don't know the yeah. coolest so throughout the movie Steve keeps telling like Diana like oh no this is too dangerous for you he keeps witnessing her fight like mm-hmm. he sees how like capable she is granted just a person walking on no man's land while like everyone's like shooting at you that is a little that's a little well dangerous a little scary however i must say to a certain extent the reason why i wasn't bothered by him saying that it was that was too dangerous for her even though despite the fact he witnesses her just being a badass all the time Mm -hmm. is i think it's because yes he's the male love interest Mm -hmm. but to a certain extent like especially in like 1914 Mm -hmm. we're like the standards of what a man needs to be true is the protector Mm -hmm. so he's definitely like let me protect you and she's like what right i can just kick ass myself right exactly (laughs) and then like she does it and he's like oh shit she can kick ass herself and that's hot like (laughs) you know right uh but sammy he's like i am uh frightened and aroused (laughs) i like when they're in the trenches there's like a little like dirt on the cam and i'm like cool i don't know like like, gorilla right right exactly um and then that leads them to just what they're in belgium yeah. The that town. scene with the town. Oh my god. Oh. With the town. And then finally her theme plays. <laughs> Just that part where she, like the whole scene with the town was amazing. But that, oh my god. The part where she jumps through into the church and oh. the entire church collapses. She, she made a whole building. That girl made a whole building. Whole building collapsed. Does she? No, she doesn't lift the car here. Does she? I don't know. Later, she lifts a car, and no one questions it. I'm like, no, I think little woman. Yeah. No one's like, oh, she might be superhuman. Like, I think at goal because everybody in that town knew knows that she's superhuman. Everyone in the town knows. Because everybody in the town that was hiding from the sniper oh, oh, see, watched her. Yeah, no, I thought you meant like into the church. I thought you meant as if they had like this like. Like oh, they were, they were all Amazons. Everybody in that town was Amazons. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, because they all knew that she was superhuman after witnessing her fits of, uh, you know. Yeah. Fighting. Yeah. Um, Fisticuffs. As, Fisticuffs. Uh, Edda said. I love that. But the fact of the matter is, is that she saved them. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know what? Right. I ain't questioning it. <laughs> right, right, right. Which is totally a human reaction because you saved my ass by doing some inhuman stuff. That's none of my business. And the, the <laughs> whole idea of none of your business, so that, like, permeates throughout the whole thing in that Diana keeps seeing all this, like, injustices happen, and she's like, why aren't we doing anything about it? And people are like, oh, no, it's, it's like, none of our business. And, like, that's, like, the bystander effect. I'm like, honestly, I, I'm very guilty of this. I think a lot of people are. I don't know. Sometimes, I guess it's a matter of convenience. Also, it's a matter of, like, you don't want to impose yourself on someone. Mm-hmm. But, like, after hearing that story of the woman, um... On the subway, she had a baby stroller and she tried to either walk up or down the stairs and she died because no one helped her. That makes me... She she had a stroller and she needed to walk up and down the stairs to get into the subway. 
and she died i think she fell oh, and like yeah. yeah so after hearing that um i definitely like if there's like someone with a stroller needs help or even just carrying anything i'll help them but other circumstances i'm like this isn't my place like, so um that's why also like previously we yeah. watched a lot of like what would you do but yes, um, yes. a lot of it especially where we live so we also mm-hmm. live in new york city mm-hmm. um not telling you where but we live in new york city <laughs> but um a lot of it is mind your own business mm-hmm. do what you have to do don't talk to anyone else keep your head down walk go whatever mm-hmm. get from point a to point b and no c's in between yeah what's wrong with that mentality while like you know it doesn't start anything mm-hmm. doesn't help anybody exactly yeah so like yes you didn't start a fight with anybody or like you didn't get into any altercations mm-hmm. but for that guy who needed help like i have friends friends that you know mm-hmm I won't say for the sake of this podcast and their privacy, Love who them. have been harassed on trains, like full on grabbed oh. on trains. Like they did not get help from anybody else on that subway car. Yeah. Oh, gross. Exactly. I, it's, so it's like that kind of culture where it's like, listen, like, and I think that's exactly what Diana was trying to say. Like mm-hmm. this shit's going, no, you this say stuff no, is going on. Like. We need to do something about it. Yeah. And the fact that everybody's like, it's just, that's the way it is, is horrible. Yeah. And like, I started listening to this audiobook. Girl, I did not finish it, but um, <laughs> it's about community. And I think that's like, whenever I feel like down, whenever I am able to be in a situation where I get a strong sense of community, where a strong sense of like, we're all here for to help each other just mm-hmm. for the sake of like helping each other that really makes me feel good at the end i think that just needs to be promoted more like how things are like set up in society right now is very um survival of fittest also like every man for himself but like yeah that nothing will get done through that exactly yeah. we don't move forward mm-hmm. we don't necessarily move back but we don't move forward mm-hmm. you know exactly no and like how this relates to this movie like you can't move forward in better society if you ignore society's cries for help yeah you really can't yeah no that's the tea but we're that's what they were taught especially in like the 1900s oh my god in a small town in belgium yeah or like even in london that's what they're taught mind your own business Uh uh-huh like revolutions rarely happen and when they did happen it was huge Mm -hmm. around the same time just because revolution the russian revolution was happening communism aha community Ah! (laughs) okay straying from communism um so after the whole uh just show of badassery they get to have a little bit of downtime in the belgium town um where diana and steve get a little funky and then they go and they try to invade this uh not invade, but they go into a, a fancy German gala. They uh, infiltrate. Infiltrate, that's the word. Love it. These two scenes, I think there's a lot to talk about in both of them. First one being, she sees the people in Belgium dancing. She's like, that's not dancing, that's swaying. So it just makes you wonder, like, what the dancing in the mascara looks like. Makes me think of, like, Carnival, maybe. Ooh. Like, all that, like, whining and stuff. Like I was thinking maybe. So the reason why I think she was like, well, that's just swaying. Well, because on mascara, they. Okay, calling mascara. Stop. I need to stop calling it mascara. Oh but um, as you'd realize, like their technology, was advanced, but did not advance. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Like it was advanced technology to humans, but in the grand scheme of things, was not advanced. Well, I think it's like similar in the way that people like interpreted coming over to America and seeing indigenous people's like cultures and their like tools and stuff as primitive, but no, that's just advanced in their style. Yes. You know, it's their own style. Yeah. So cause honestly, like where we're at right now in modern times, yeah, we are technologically advanced. I'm using air quotes, but But it's rather primitive. It is and <laughs> I really don't think we're living to the fullest extent that we could be as humans. But that's a whole other rabbit hole that I follow. That's a whole every other day. podcast. <laughs> it's sad. But oh yeah. Yeah, actually I kinda wanna see Diana dance too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So they dance, they go to her room and then okay. 
The second he closes the door to her room, but he closes it behind him while he's in the room, he gives her those Nala eyes. Mm. And then you're like, can you feel? Like, you, uh. So, and then it's game on, and then they have a little smoochy smooch. I felt like they had good chemistry. I felt like I believed it. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, they like each other. All right, this is what we're doing. Granted, if I saw someone do what she did, hell yeah. Right. And if I had opportunity to get in the panties, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let Gal Gadot come up in my room. Yeah, please. I it mean, could be normal Gal Gadot, not even Wonder Woman. I'll just take Gal Gadot. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I really like that. And then they go to the gala. And that's where you get the scene of her in the blue dress with the sword. The sword. Can we just discuss the fashion real quick? Yes. Discuss like, oh my God. <laughs> First of all, okay, number one, that dress was modern. I must say. It was. I must say. That dress was very modern and like not 1900s at all. Yeah. Beautiful dress. Mm-hmm. Totally like with the sword in the back, look badass. Like mm-hmm. she definitely walked in there looking like a goddess. Yeah. Must say. <laughs> um, I just liked how, and this is something that I notice a lot, but I don't think other people notice a lot because not everybody like works out and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, she had wedges on. <laughs> she did not have heels. She had heels, but she had wedges. Mm-hmm. If you look back at the first Avengers movie, Scarlett Johansson did not have wedges on. You know how hard it is to fight in heels, let alone not wedges? Did, wait, was Scarlett Johansson fighting in like like stilettos? Not necessarily, st- well, one of the scenes she was fighting in stilettos. But like, she had like a nice size, like I guess it was a chunky-esque. Uh-huh, but still. But it like, wasn't. A skinny chunk. Yeah, <laughs> but like it wasn't. Any way, shape, or form practical. Oh, no. <laughs> so I think that's something that I always look at because I'm a woman and I'm, I want to be a Marvel superhero or DC. Or DC. <laughs> Trust me, I'll be happy with anything. <laughs> Listen, no, you will be Storm. I will make it happen. So it's something that I look at a lot is what are the females wearing? Mm-hmm. Because as much as I like to say we can kick ass in stilettos, and we can, there's no way... On the face of this planet, Diana would be walking around in stilettos. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that they she had a heel on, like, I get why they put her in a heel. Whether or not she needed a heel. Uh-huh. But, like, also in the comics, I think, to, like, stay true to the comics. Like, in this comic, she had, like, stilettos on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she had, like, stiletto boots. But we don't talk about the we don't comics. Talk about <laughs> I just liked her outfit while staying true to the Wonder Woman-esque look of it yeah because like you have to just to like yeah. stay mm-hmm. you know on just brand on brand and stuff like i would love to be like give her pants <laughs> right oh no me too because yeah. like in no way shape or form would anybody in that belgian town not look at her and be like disgraceful you see how much like she's showing well, also like you know it's not very conducive for battle just not having pants yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's or like wearing a strapless though. top. Oh my god. How, how are you not times, a how, how many times is she pulling up her? Oh my gosh. Like, I low key, low, really low key. I kind of wish, like, she like dodged a bullet, adjusted, and <laughs> <laughs> again. So I honestly would have screamed in the theater. That was me like... on prom night. Um, I only <laughs> went. I only went to prom. I wasn't fighting anybody, sadly. But I went. I only went to prom senior year, and I wore like a, a strapless dress. And I'm like, how am I moving? Yeah. Like, yeah. Listen, I wore it off the shoulder, and I could not lift my arms. Oh no! <laughs> the whole night, I, I'd slow dance like a pterodactyl. <laughs> I made it work though. I love mm. it. So, and, oh, one other thing is, so, there was, like, a frou-frou German lady in the, like, car mm-hmm. line, and that's the dress that Wonder she Woman takes. Thinks. What's she wearing? And how t- did she kill this woman? You know, this is another thing that I would like to say got cut out because of editing. Uh. <laughs> I would like to say this plot hole got cut out because of, like, time constraints, but I thought the same thing. <laughs> I was just, I just kind of let it slide because I was like, ah, let's let my suspension of disbelief go for a little bit here right. and say that this woman's just knocked out in the woods naked. Yeah. And no one comes across her. Oh, she rips off the dress um, as she's riding away on the horse. So we can assume that the dress 
floated its way to the frou-frou lady in time for her to wake up. Yeah, and she has clothes. Granted, let's just talk about knocking out people. Is that if you're knocked out for longer than about like 15 seconds, considerable brain damage (laughs) is occurring. So like the whole like I got knocked out and I woke up a day later or like I got knocked out and then like I wake up and I'm just in these people. No, no. If it's like a blunt force trauma knockout, if Diana like did a karate chop to this woman's neck, like yeah, she she well should, that yeah. makes me think of how to get away with murder. Speaking of which, I'm I'm almost done with the fourth season. Girl, this guy shoots himself in the head. He wakes up. <laughs> ah. They keep talking about how he saw his brain splatter. And then, like, at first, he'll be, like, have, like, limited mental, like, functions. But then later, he's like, oh, it's like a computer starting back up. It's just going to reboot. So then he's, like, what? And then he's, like, fully functional. Listen, listen. um, Let's just just talk about this real quick, okay? Because I know in comic book movies, technically, like, we're, you know, in a whole new universe. But, like, in, in movies, just in general... Um, we're not salamanders. Salamanders? Whatever we lose does not grow back. Preach, preach. If you splatter your brains on the concrete, it does not grow back. (laughs) Or if it does grow back, it grows back not in the same capacity as it was before. It essentially just heals over. It doesn't necessarily, like... Like a a scab. Yeah, it's like a scab. We're not, like, regenerating brain... No, yeah. we can't. So, which is why I was like, oh, I started watching it, and then I'm like, but that's, that's... That's the tea for another day. That's the tea of the TV. So then, after she rides away, she goes to... So, during this whole time, General Ludendorff... Ludendorff. ...is who Diana thinks is Ares, and she meets him at the gala. So Ludendorff is, like, in cahoots with the Dr. Poison, making all these bombs to wipe out everyone steve talks he tries to sort of like hit on dr poison at which the gala. let's just be honest here even she knew she was getting played <laughs> yeah no no she knew but also ain't no dreamy eyed man just showing up at a gala she she was very sterile as a person she also throughout the movie dr poison gets kind of like me too'd like by Ludendorff, he's like yeah, he's like touching face. her and stuff, and you can and she's like oh, what if we just call the whole thing off? Oh, this is another thing about Wonder Woman is that a lot of times in movies where the protagonist is a woman, her main antagonist that she's in direct conflict with is another woman. In this movie, though, it's a man, so it's this woman defeating this man, which is like cool. So maybe they wanted to make Dr. Poison like a little softer, like giving her these little like little like Quirks sprinkles. Yeah. Little sprinkles of humanity. Oh, yeah, right? Meanwhile Ludendorff is just like callous and like malicious. And I'm I can't necessarily say much for nineteen fourteen Germany. True true true. Because um yeah, can anyone really <laughs> at this point in age. But um I feel like when we saw these people, when we saw these characters interact, they were at work. Mm, true, true, true. It's easy to just see him as a callous one-dimensional character because the only time you've actually seen him was when he has to play, he has to be mm-hmm. the leader, the like the general, the like I have to be the boss. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. honestly don't have time to watch him and his family and like he or if he has a family, if he has like this weird cat named Fruit Fruit, like me, you know, <laughs> like we don't have time to watch that mm-hmm. and that whether or not it's interesting. What I did like is that we didn't see that mm-hmm. because so many times now we get these villains that need some sort of backstory yeah. as to why they're villains instead uh. of them just being evil. Mm-hmm. That's what they're. That's their purpose. Yeah. Listen, I love Loki as much as the next guy. And Tom Hiddleston can literally put a ring on it and I'd fly off to England like in 10 minutes. He's a good enough villain just being a villain. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, he's literally the god of like... Of mischief and like like... trickery. Trickery. (laughs) Treachery. I don't know. know. American standard. 
what I liked about it was that he, at no point was he trying to be humanized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I like with the spoiler in the end. Aries at no point, like, were we trying to root for him? Yeah. There are a lot of movies nowadays where, like, they're just going to give these... Try to redeem the Redeem villain. the villain, or at least give them a reason. Or, like, you know what? Showing us why they're the villain. Mm-hmm. Don't don't show me why they're the villain. They're the villain. Yeah. I don't need to know why, and quite frankly, I don't always care to know why. Uh, at Star Wars. <laughs> I love Star Wars, but I don't give a damn about Kylo. Like... Uh, about kilogram <laughs> but yeah so honestly i am drawing a blank between when she rides off on the horse and then when she confronts ludendorff in the little like in the tower yeah was there a scene in the middle of that i i don't think so to be honest she, well she oh wait, wait wait so she comes upon the whole base camp so steve's chasing after her with the group right mm-hmm and oh. then they're like, shit, like Steve and them are like, whoa, God, they have bombs? Yeah. Also, she and Steve get in a fight. Yeah. Um, or maybe I, I'm trying to read my handwriting. This is not working out. Yeah. This is WPWQRM Radio. Me. Okay, so let's just like jump ahead. I'm just going to say the rest of the movie and then we can just talk about the points. So then, yeah. So then she confronts Ludendorff. She thinks she's Ares. She kills him. But the war has not stopped. And she's like, what? I killed Ares. The war shows up. And then Steve's like, no, you idiot. Ares isn't the cause of this war. People are just bad. But then, ho, 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 Lupin shows up and he's like, it was me all along. And then he was Ares. Okay, I'm going to discuss my thoughts on him being Ares in a second. But, um, and and then they get in this whole big battle and there's bombs in a plane and Steve's like, I'm going to go drive that plane up into the sky and shoot at it and then I die. And then Gal's like, no! And then she kills Ares and then there is sunshine for the first time in Europe that we see that whole movie. And then she is vowed to protect people for the rest of her existence. The end. So I I don't remember what the actor's name is, uh, but Lupin Aries like like yes he has a mustache to fit into like to look like a British guy in 1914, but him when it shows the back story of him like falling from the heavens and him being like the god and he has that mustache it just I can't take it seriously at all. I hmm, when I first saw the plot twist I was actually shook it. I was too. I was I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it being him. I expected it to be, like, honestly, like, Dr. Poison. Yeah, yeah. But I would have just expected the God of War. Like, if we're, like, on this train, like, let's just make plot twist after plot twist. But that was a nice plot twist. Yeah. That I did not realize. And what I liked about it is that it just... In World War One, it was like, it's us versus them. Mm-hmm. We're the good guys and they're the bad guys. And I think the whole point of Ares being Lupin was to just show that during wars, it's gray. Yeah. Not everyone is good and not everyone is bad. And it just goes to show that the leader of, like, dang, England was the god of war. Uh Uh-huh. And there was also, like, back in the day, there was so much propaganda about, like, how much we hate and we have to get rid of these people and they're evil and everyone's evil that's why you need to go to war and in this movie it's like the guy who's technically behind all that propaganda and is like we need to fight against them and like you know like what were they the axis powers i don't well, think, I think we were the is, allies i don't or is that axis, world war ii that's world war ii i'm not sure if Apologize. those those terms were used in world war one but it's like the same it, it was the same like countries yeah it was the same countries but like it just goes to show that there's hate yeah on both sides Mm -hmm. it's not just like one hater and one really good person it's hate yeah and i think to diana what like i guess like showed her was that technically doing all of this was for that guy was for lupin because Mm -hmm. she didn't know that was aries Mm-hmm. So she went along yeah. with Steve. She did all of this stuff. She fought the Germans. She did mm-hmm. all of that crap. Was going against um, Ludendorff. Yeah. Thinking that he was Ares. But she also 
was operating under Aries. Damn, damn, damn. Yes. You know? Uh-huh. And I don't know if it really showcased in the movie that point, mm-hmm. but like realizing that you were working for the guy you're trying to kill. Yeah. And and that's not necessarily saying the Germans were good. No, no. They were definitely like trying to poison people. Yeah. So, you know. But I think it also opened her eyes where, like, literally, I mean, you know, military no... state, boo, like, just, yeah. <laughs> like, it, you know? Yeah. Um, When Aries, like, became Aries and, like, still had the mustache, I honestly was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing, though, you mentioned gray, and, like, that is so true. Also, in terms of, like, the color grading of the movie and, like, the design, when you're in the mascara... The colors are so vibrant. So vivid and vibrant. And then you get to England and she's like, oh, this is ugly. And everything's gray. Everything is drab. There's like no warm colors at all except in the form of fire. Mm -hmm. And then finally, when she kills Ares, you see, I love this shot because, okay, so it's like a pink sky. You see the sun come up behind the trees and for the first time there's sunlight and I really liked it because, like, all those trees and that, like, pink sky made me think of, like, back home, like, Washington. It was, mm-hmm. like, really pretty. Yes! West Virginia! <laughs> oh, love that song. Another interesting thing is that um, Steve martyrs himself off. That that was sad. He was just like... That was sad. And he does it. I mean, and it's kind of, like, prolonged, like, the shot of him, like, making the decision to, like... Shoot. And it makes you think, like, God, would I do that? Like, would I, like... No. <laughs> I think I realized watching movies and just, like, looking and doing a little bit of self-reflection. And sometimes I don't think I'm ballsy enough to do something like that. Yeah. Like, I'd definitely be like, well, um, <laughs> nose go? Ah! True. Somebody else got to get in that well, Something interesting is that, um, so I like to look up what the names mean, partially because of the influence of a certain Mr. Verda. Oh, you've never had him. I did. You did? For sure. Oh, that's right, you lucky bastard. I'm so jealous. Ah, I'm so jealous. So he likes to say, like, look up what the names mean. So uh, Steve, St. Stephen was the first Christian martyr. So Steve martyred himself off. And then Diana literally means heavenly divine. Yeah. So there you go. I did not look up what any of the other names mean. No Because I don't care. (laughs) And so, yeah, then she restores peace, I guess. Not really. Not really, because then we go have World War II. Right, the war's still going on, but she, but Diana is there. As I was watching the movie, at first I was thinking, like, what happens to uh, Steve when she, like, like is immortal but he grows old and because i had forgotten for a second on the second viewing steve does yeah i totally forgot like captain america and peggy all over again oh <laughs> so i mean i guess those are my thoughts on the movie do you have any like final thoughts um final thoughts for the movie this was a very standard superhero movie however it was groundbreaking in the superhero genre yeah. for film Mm-hmm. So I think what also helped make it groundbreaking was that they played by the rules. Yeah. So we didn't just try to like shatter everything. We followed the rules. We broke some rules. Trojan horse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's what kind of made it great and made it enjoyable. Yeah, it was a really enjoyable movie. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Would I watch it again? Of course. <laughs> Final thoughts. Yeah. I want Diana's sword. Final thoughts. Big mood. I Big mood. The god killer. Oh, and like, oh my god. Biggest reveal is that Diana is the god killer. But that reveal, I knew. Like, yeah, I, knew I think everyone did. But um, yeah, I I like the movie. I think it's great, you know, that little girls have someone to look up to. Oh, and that's like, honestly all it really like matters. Yeah. Is because growing up. Because I I honestly got into comics rather late. Mm-hmm. I was definitely a Barbie girl. Uh-huh. Through and through. In the Barbie world. In the Barbie world. <laughs> like, I had the houses. I had the things. And at no point did I really bother with comics and stuff. And it wasn't until, like, I hit, like, middle school and stuff. And, like, Barbies was, like, something that was not cool mm-hmm. and stuff. So then I was like, well, what do I do? And that's when I started looking into anime and comics. And I saw women in comics. But uh-huh. I never really saw them 
being showcased in as the, the top build actor as the top build mm. actor as an actor even in the trailer oh yeah yeah or on the like party like yeah. birthday so, party exactly <laughs> so i never really w- saw women so just for this movie to like you could technically like yes there are some scenes that are not necessarily appropriate for children but <laughs> <laughs> you could show this to a young girl and she sees herself reflected yeah and i think that is what makes it substantial content that can be rewatched over and over Mm -hmm. again is because it showcases women being women yes strong independent women who still enjoy babies who want to help people but can also kick ass exactly and that is what we all are deep inside maybe we don't have superhuman abilities but you know we do but then even then diana's not perfect yeah even though she is technically the god killer she is not perfect she's naive Uh uh-huh the whole time (laughs) until the end you know like it's to the point where you're like, damn, girl, get it <laughs> together. Right. You know? Like, no 12 she's not, languages. <laughs> exactly. She's not perfect. Yes, she may look perfect, but like, oh, that's just because Gal Gadot looks cool. Whole nother podcast. Right. But like, I think that's what I just like about it is that it showcases flaws and Steve had flaws. And yeah. I just felt like everybody had flaws. I felt like there was nobody who was perfect. I mean, I've seen a lot of superhero movies where... They try to make the main character look like he has flaws, but it doesn't pan out well. Oh, okay. I've literally seen superhero movies where it's like, see, he's like any old other guy. He got issues. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he jerks off into a sock. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, like he has kids. <laughs> what? Like, How is that a flaw? <laughs> yeah. And speaking of like representation, um, when we used to live at the uh, Amsterdam and there was the... Uh, AMC movie theater next to it mm-hmm. and there was like the big posters outside I would walk past it and I saw one time little girls posed by the poster of Lupita Nyong'o for yep. Black Panther so cute and then another time I saw an old guy posed by the poster for Love, Simon and I'm like is that a gay old guy? <laughs> like love that and even if it wasn't I wish I'm not sure why but you know what you do you you man. do you you do you teach their own and um, I think what's great is, like, Wonder Woman had posters of just Gal Gadot. Yeah. So, like, when you look at, um, like, say, the Justice League, Justice League has posters, but it wasn't necessarily, like, every person by themselves. Like, uh-huh. they had those for, like, online. But for the movie posters, it was all five of them. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, of course, it's, it's, a, like it's a group of people. It's yeah. an ensemble cast. However, when you watch a movie... And, like, the poster outside is just this woman looking like a badass the whole time. Like, yes. Yeah. That's what we're here for, ladies and gentlemen. That is, that is literally what we're here for. That is literally what this podcast is for. And I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Adra. So, to wrap things up, we are going to dish out our ratings. So, I on the spreadsheet, there are several genres for movies, I have placed Wonder Woman into the action genre. Would you say that is fitting? Yes. It's yes. Very and for the action genre, there are three categories, each out of ten, that you can rate it on. So the first is general film stuff, like score, acting, direction, all that junk. And then the next is fight choreo. And then the last one is its handling of women. So I'll give mine first. I feel like... I heard yours before. I feel like I feel like I'll learn as I go along how uh, like what's the niche or like mm-hmm. I don't know. So I gave it for general film stuff a seven. It was you know competently made. There was like some stylish stuff like in terms of like the cinematography. Uh, its score though was just so uninspired. <laughs> so I gave it a seven for general film. For the fight choreo, I gave it an eight. I'm not sure what. I don't know. I guess it could have been a little more stylized. That's yeah. just, but that's just me. I I really like style. Like, and then the last is the representation of women. I gave it a nine, mostly because of the stuff we were just talking about right now. Is like the little girls who can like look up to it. And overall, that gives this movie a twenty-four out of thirty in my book. Adra, what did you put? All right. So for like plot and just um, overall like movie, I gave it a eight. Because I felt like it was very by the book. And it worked. Mm-hmm. So I think they did what they needed to do. It wasn't necessarily 
revolutionary in filming wise, mm -hmm. but it worked. So yeah. an eight for fight choreography, I gave it an eight as well mm -hmm. because it's hard. Yeah, to do fights with only humans. True. Like even technically, Ares is not a human, but like the character itself has to move like a human. Yeah. So I guess like it's hard to do that as opposed to just like an alien or like you know some form big of beef. like big beefy <laughs> animal. Yeah. Like that's easier to fight with because you're really only choreographing one person as opposed to two. So I gave it an eight because like I like the fights. Mm -hmm. I wanted more swords. Everybody yes. should have had a sword. Yes. I don't know why how everybody had a sword and knows how to deal with it, but I wanted everyone to have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and originally I gave its handling of women a 6.5 but i think in having this conversation i think i'm going to actually up it to like a 7.5 Woohoo! okay um, i think originally i was harsh just because i did only really remember like three or four female characters and this movie's mm -hmm. supposed to be only about women right but um just like in talking to you i realized like this film has way more of an impact because the way they handled women. I love that. Yeah. So I would have loved, yeah, them to maybe go back to the mascara at some point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have oh. been nice. The sequel. <laughs> the sequel. So that makes your score a total of 23.5 out of 30. And the average of our scores puts this movie at a score of 23.75 out of 30. Which makes it, at this time, the number one women-led action movie because it's the only one yeah. on the <laughs> spreadsheet. Well, Adra, thank you so much for doing the inaugural episode. I'm, like, so stoked that you're here and you're able to talk about it. Oh, my God. I'm, like, really happy because, like, also, you taught me a lot about superhero stuff that I have no idea. <laughs> Adra, where can people find you to look at your content and look at what you're up to? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can always find me on my Instagram. It's Adra, A-D-R-A underscore Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R. My Twitter is called <laughs> A-Mayer, so A-M-A-Y-E-R 17. I rarely post on it but when i do post it's funny i love um, it <laughs> and then i also have a youtube under the name adra a-d-r-a mayor m-a-y-e-r sexy all right thank you for having me anita oh thank you adra all right until next time <laughs>